0: Log Talk Radio.
1: And before he was done, Davy Johnson just said, "Don't worry, their tails grow back, so they don't have as much swagger as they used to." Oh, hello, Nat <laughs> Welcome to the Nat, Nat Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. After the Nationals tried to put us all to sleep with a three-nothing loss to the Philadelphia Phillies two in a row to the Phillies in this series, three in a row in D.C. to the Phillies overall for the first time since 2012, which is embarrassing. Not as embarrassing, Gio Gonzalez's performance on the mound tonight, Dave. Uh, four hits, two walks, one earned run and in seven innings last time he faced the Phillies in a loss, uh, which he received no decision when Bond blew a save in the 10th in Citizens Bank Park earlier this month. Followed that up with six innings versus the Twins, six hits, three, earned, three runs, two earned, and uh, an 8-4 win. 183-230-243 line against before tonight. Five scoreless to start. But Odubo Herrera, singles, moves up on a sack bunt. A wild pitch takes third and scores on a sack fly. one nothing. Philly's had a run in the seventh. Two singles, sack bunt, chopper to third. Anthony Rendon with a high throw home on the play, allows a run to score. Gio Gonzalez was solid again, but no offense. So it was one of those nights where any mistake by Gio Gonzalez was going to cost him. Uh, gave up a few hits, and eventually they came around to score. Good outing, but not enough tonight as the Nationals just
0: came up empty against Jeremy Hellickson. I, yeah, I'll talk about Gio in just one second. But um, I've got the box score up, and I scrolled down so I could see Gio's line. So I can still see part of the Nats batting order. Let me review the batting <laughs> averages. and 180, 182, 158, 167. 0, 143, and 0. Of course, the two zeros were the relief pitchers that uh, were inserted in the lineup, but I just read you every batting average I can see for the Washington Nationals. So, so yes, regardless of what Gio Gonzalez was able to accomplish tonight, he also had four other pitchers in the batting order with him. Um, This is going to continue to be a problem until the Nationals can start to hit um, or they get some replacements. Ben Revere is going to start a, a, a rehab stint here, so um, this team is, is screaming out uh, for somebody that can get on base at the top of the order. Um, it, it, and, and it's going to continue, unfortunately. Gio was um, was pretty good tonight. Uh, I don't think he was as sharp as he has been. Um, he certainly let things get to him tonight more than the last couple of starts. But, um, but when you give up one run, uh, two runs, one earned, um, you ought to win the game. You know, you ought to get the pitchers win. You ought to get the team win. You ought to be celebrating in the dugout. Um, and, and that just didn't happen tonight because the Nets just can't flat, flat out cannot uh, get on base uh, or hit right now other than a couple of players. And if um, you know, Bryce Harper and, 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 and Daniel Murphy aren't going three for four and, and each driving each other in three or four times, the Nets just aren't scoring right now. All right, hold on a second. Multiple topic, Dave. Let
1: me just cross things off my list now. Ben Revere coming back, cross-cross. Nationals have a bunch of players on interstate, cross-cross. Uh, stick to the topic, man. I'm oh, kidding, of course. I noted the same thing, Dave. It did 14-6 uh, and six after two losses to the Phillies. Still have a number of uh, hitters on the so-called interstate after 20 games. Four out of the eight position players in the lineup tonight had batting averages in the 100s, including Michael Taylor, 192 after the game, Jason Worth, 180, Espinoza, 182, Lobatone, who is part-time at this point, so it's hard to really put any blame on him, but 158 average on the year. Uh, 167 for Gio, as they've mentioned, so not a lot of hitting there. They've been beating up on some of the uh, lesser teams in the division. They haven't faced the Mets yet. It's the only team in the division they haven't played yet. A nice record to start, but uh, as we've been talking the last couple of weeks or so, they're heading out on a rough road trip through uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, and Chicago, and the pitching they're going to see is a lot better than what they're seeing right now. If they're struggling like they did tonight against Jeremy Hellickson on a good night for Hellickson, you got to give him some credit,
0: but are, are you worried at all about what the offense is doing? Uh, if this is the best they can manage against Jerry Hellickson, good night or not. Uh, yeah, of course I'm worried about what the offense is doing because they aren't doing anything. <laughs> uh, you know, like, like, like Dave pointed out, if the, the better hitters aren't having a good night or even a, on average night for them. You're not going to see very much out of the nets when the star of your offense is Danny Espinoza getting a blunt hit and a walk. You have trouble, my friend. And, and that, that trouble is that your lineup is not very good right now. Um, Worth struck out two or three times and did not look very good on any of them. You know, we've, we've been guessing that he's been guessing and he certainly hasn't been guessing very accurately. I'm wondering if he should ask Ramos about his, his LASIK guy uh, <laughs> some of this yes yeah, some of this is 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 just absences from the lineup you know Ramos should be out there more than lobaone should, but he's he's uh you know on on bereavement leave right now uh Revere should be in there instead of Michael a Taylor who really has the bat for a fourth or fifth outfielder not not for a starter but you know you're you're stuck with what you have not what you wish were healthy uh everyone else you know we're seeing a confusing lack of production out of Rendon. uh we were never really expecting much out of Espinosa uh and and then it it's dribs and drabs and crossing your fingers for people to 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 get hot you know Zim hasn't hasn't been the greatest uh, it, it, this this is a, a lineup right now that has a lot of holes in it. And it's that's going to add up to some ugly games if people don't start putting it together.
1: Dave, uh, Doug has mentioned it there at the end. Uh, the Phillies certainly figured out that Ryan Zimmerman's not exactly hot right now. Pete McCannon, their manager, talked before the series about having a new approach to Bryce Harper after he'd killed them early. Uh, five walks in two games after a free pass in the sixth. But Zimmerman's not making them pay there ends up going 0 for 4 with 3 Ks on the night, really didn't look comfortable at the plate there. Maybe it's just Jeremy Hellickson being on a good, uh, having a night, and we'll talk about how bad he was and the two starts leading up to it in a second, but when you can work your way around Bryce Harper the whole game, and no one behind him is doing damage, it's a good way to limit the Nationals offense right now.
0: Yeah, you know, Hellickson was, was a was a rookie the year when he came up with the Rays, and um, at one point was a highly uh, regarded prospect, but um, but he has not been, um, he, he has not fulfilled that promise. I mean, he has uh, bounced around now for a couple of years, um, and quite honestly, has stunk it up for a while. Um, so, yeah, give the guy credit for throwing some strikes tonight, or getting um, getting some swings on balls that were not strikes. But. Uh, but, yeah, I have maintained the last two or three years that Ryan Zimmerman is the most important player on this team still. Um, and tonight he was not good. He has not been good this season yet. After tonight he's hitting 234 with a 624 OPS. Um, Jason Worth OPS is higher than that at 679. Um, so this is what we're talking about here. Uh, if Ryan Zimmerman isn't hitting – or or cannot hit, um, then this team is in a world of hurt because he is the only first baseman in the entire organization. The Nats don't have a prospect to call up if Ryan Zimmerman fails. Uh, They can call up Trey Turner. They can call up Lucas Giolito. You know, they could probably even call up Wilmer Defoe and and get replacement-level production. But if Ryan Zimmerman can't play first base or can't hit, um, they're in a lot of trouble, and they're in a lot of trouble for – several more years because they're still, you know, he he's under contract for several more years. So I, as I have maintained for the last several years, regardless of Bryce Harper or Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg or anybody else, Ryan Zimmerman is still the most important player on this team. And if he isn't Ryan Zimmerman, then the Nats are in a world of trouble.
1: Uh, your comments make Clint Robinson and Matt gold cry. That's all I'll say. So I guess uh, – you mentioned Jeremy Hellickson coming into this game, 17 hits, 10 runs, nine earned and left last seven and a third innings pitched over two starts. Uh, seven, seven hits, six runs, five earned in three innings versus the Nats when they faced him at Citizens Bank Park. So his performance tonight a little more surprising. Maybe he was just due, but five scoreless on 67, just two hits allowed, six scoreless on 83, finishes the night, seven scoreless on 92 pitches, two hits, three walks, eight Ks on the night. Uh, where the five to three, uh, groundouts fly and flyouts, I, and I, he didn't look particularly impressive to me, but he certainly looked like he had the Nationals off balance and fooled for most of the night. Unmute,
0: doghouse. Unmute. Uh, sorry, my my. I'll learn how to work my phone one of these days. He was leading off a lot of at bats with, uh, with 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 off speed and breaking pitches, and just seemed to have the Nats off balance. Uh, he did seem to be hitting the corners pretty well. Uh, he had some good location. Uh, people were acting like he got some calls, but I took a quick look at the Pitch FX data during the game, and it it looked like it was a it was a fair zone, actually a, a, a little tighter than the as call uh, as usually called. So I. He was just on tonight. I mean, his stuff certainly didn't look overpowering, but I guess when you go out there expecting a guy to be, you know, maybe it's an expectation thing, the Nats were expecting him to be terrible and, you know, to have to come in over the plate to them because, you know, he was not going to have good command and his stuff was going to be flat, but instead he was serviceable and he was able to get stuff on the edges, even if not, you know, excellent paint. And they just weren't ready for adequacy. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's that, that's a problem. But uh, yeah, if if you want variation, he he had a good night, and the Nets certainly all had a bad night. It's going
1: to be my headline for the night: Jeremy Hellickson shockingly adequate. <laughs> Dave, Sammy uh, Solis came on for Gio Gonzalez in the sixth inning. I don't know, was it six or seventh? I don't know, whatever. Came on to the bases loaded one out jam. Got a double play from Freddie Galvis to get out of that. Uh, gave up a home run by Carlos Ruiz when he came back out for the uh, top of the eighth inning. Sammy Solis called back up today after Matt Belisle lands on the 15 day DL with a right calf strain. Uh, one earned run for Solis and nine innings pitched at AAA. He was definitely doing well down there before he got the call. He'll definitely be useful. Uh, coming up against teams that have a lot of powerful lefties and a lot of lefties in their lineups in the Cardinals, and, uh, Royals, and Cubs coming up. So it probably helped to have that third lefty available. But Matt Belisle, a good story, the 35-year-old coming back and off to a good start with the Nationals before he re-injured the calf that he hurt this spring as well. So kind of disappointing for him, but nice to see Solis come back up and was going strong if they gave up that home run tonight.
0: Yeah, you know, I think uh, in a perfect world, Dusty would have liked to have carried three lefties in the pen out of spring training, but he wanted to carry Matt Belisle more. So, um, so now he's got the best of both worlds. Matt Belisle made the opening day lineup and he'll get Sammy Solis for this run across the Midwest. Um, you know, Solis got, got a ground ball to be able to get out of that inning. That was huge. It's a good thing he knows how and when to throw a ground ball, um, double play ground ball. Um, but then, uh, but then 75 year old Chu Ruiz uh, just, <laughs> just tattooed uh, a ball he left. Juice. Yeah, um, you know, Solis is is, is going to be um, going to be useful. Um, I, I think he's the, the the third option there, but uh, um, but yeah, he gives Dusty another weapon in the pen, a surprisingly effective pen up until this point. Um, again, if the Nats can't put more than three runs on the board, um, they're going to be in trouble most nights anyway. And the, the pitching staff did their job tonight. So, as we've mentioned
1: Ben Revere a few times tonight, uh, good news is that he's going to start an assignment as early as tomorrow at Triple A Syracuse, from what reports are saying tonight. Could rejoin the team. I think this weekend's a little too uh, ambitious for that sort of thing and probably not a good idea to rush someone back from an oblique, but there's talk that he could be back as soon as the series in Chicago, so maybe next weekend, but... Uh, how big a difference do you think that OVP contact bat at the top of the lineup is going to make? Of course, we've mentioned time and time again that the leadoff hitter leads off once in the game, but having a hitter who's uh, a little more experienced than Michael Taylor, let's put it that way, and capable of putting up better numbers, how big a difference do you think that's going to make to just add another bat like that to the
0: lineup, maybe get Ramos back at some point during the week too? Tonight, Michael Taylor, 0 for 4 with a K. Uh, Didn't have any left on base because no one else was getting on base either, so uh, less harmful that way. Uh, Look, the the leadoff spot isn't so much what's as important as it is getting more people who get on base in the lineup. Uh, If you've got to play Taylor because you need his defense, fine, but you'd like to have another bat that's getting on base more often than, say, 300 or 270 or wherever Michael Taylor's OVP is right now. Uh, you, you want that higher OBP in the top half of the lineup if you can. But really, you, you just. We, we need more getting on base. The more getting on base there is, the more chance there is for people to score. With no getting on base, there's no chance for people to score. This is not nuclear rocket brain surgery, people. We need, we need people <laughs> who get on base in the lineup. And right now, it seems like Ben Revere was hired to be that person. He's probably not that person right now and probably isn't going to be that person in a week or two weeks because he's got to make sure that his rehab is legit and then he's got to get his timing back. But even so, he is probably as much that person, dare I say it, in a few days as Michael Taylor is right now. Dave, one win before we wrap up here. We'll uh,
1: salvage a series at least, but it would be nice to get off on a good, uh, good note after dropping two of the Phillies and heading into a tough road trip to get that win tomorrow. Ken or Roark, the unhittable right handers on the mound tomorrow. You think the Nationals uh, come up big and go off on a good note at
0: least when going into a tough trip? Well yeah it's a good thing they've got they've got a guy that they know that they can send out there for fourteen strikeouts and keep the other team down. <laughs> Roark. Almost guaranteed, right? Right. You know, um yeah, Roark had a great great game last time out. Um, you know, these Phillies uh, should be a high strikeout team. Uh, they only struck out six times tonight against uh, um, against Gio and, and Blake Trinan. But, um, you know, that that's not Roark's game. Roark's game is typically keeping the ball down, generating ground ball outs, um, and, and hopefully limiting the damage because he apparently has the talent of, of knowing how and when to throw a ground ball double play as well. So um, tomorrow, tomorrow will be pitched to contact. Um, I hardly think we'll see a 14-strikeout game. I hardly see we'll see half of those strikeouts by the Nats pitchers tomorrow. But, hey, um, you know, I've been wrong once or twice before, and and maybe Roark will go out and throw another 14-strikeout performance, and we'll all marvel in his excellence tomorrow night. That ability to throw a double play when you want to is unique in that. Helpful skill
1: for pitchers to have. Roark versus Aaron Nola tomorrow in series finale. It is at 4.05 p.m., and that is Eastern Standard Time or whatever we're in, daylight time at this point, I believe. So it'll be an early show tomorrow, early game tomorrow, and then Dave and I can stop talking for a couple weeks after that. Things going on of the ice. Matt Knightley, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Signing off for the night, 14-6 and 6 on the air after 3 nothing loss. One more with the Phillies tomorrow. I'll Talk to you guys after that.
0: Go Nets. Hashtag Free Trade Turner.